It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on balls, your daily Tennessee volunteers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. Tennessee is now 11 days away from kicking off against Georgia State. There's a lot to cover on today's show. In segment number one, I'm going to look at camp battles to pay attention to. Tennessee is getting ready for preparation for the start of the season, meaning figuring out the players it will count on. That does not mean that competition ends, though. I will look at five different position groups to pay attention to with those position battles between now and the start of the season. And really, a lot of this will carry over past August 31st when Tennessee begins the season. In segment number two, Jarrett Garantano receives a little more preseason recognition. You will hear Jeremy Pruitt and quarterbacks coach Chris Winkie talk about Garantano and his development. And then in segment number three, the Associated Press Top 25 came out on Monday. I'll tell you where some of Tennessee opponents fell in that AP Top 25 and how it compares to some other projections out there in terms of Tennessee's opponents on the schedule this year. All of that is right here on Locked on Vols. Thank you for being here today. Welcome to new listeners as Locked on Vols is here five days a week covering what's going on with Tennessee. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do. You can find it anywhere. You'll listen to podcasts, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya, Overcast, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find Locked on Vols. So I want to go over five position groups to pay attention to as competition for either a starting spot or the rotation within those position groups will continue. And I'm going to start on the defensive side. I think the battle to pay attention to is freshman linebacker Henry Tooto versus Will Ignat and Shannon Reed. Daniel Batuli is going to be a starter at inside linebacker, but could Henry Tooto be a starter day one as a true freshman after just arriving on campus earlier this summer? I think the answer is yes. I would not be surprised if Tooto is starting right away 
as a freshman. If he's not, he is going to play right away. He's definitely come in and pushed players. And the arrival of To'o To'o has made Tennessee, I think, feel a lot deeper at that inside linebacker position. With Daniel Batuli there leading the way as a senior, you have To'o To'o showing that he can at least play. J.J. Peterson's a guy that gets asked about a lot, but I don't know that Tennessee's ready to count on him yet. But you do have some veterans that fill out that depth chart. I think it's To'o To'o versus Ignat and Shannon Reed for a starting position. And then also in the same class as Ignat and Shannon Reed, you have Solon Page, another third-year linebacker who helps fill out that depth chart for Tennessee. And I think that makes Tennessee's coaching staff feel more confident in the number of players they have in that group, especially if Tennessee believes at some point it can count on Peterson, who just recently got back to full contact in practice. So one of those inside linebacker positions I think is worth paying attention to. Next, I would move to the position behind those guys. At safety, Tennessee is going to start Nigel Warrior. What about the other player? I think that's probably going to be Trayvon Flowers, but Theo Jackson is a third-year player at safety who is competing for a starting position. And then freshman Jalen McCullough is a guy that's going to push for playing time, I think, as this season goes along. And also something to pay attention to within the defensive backfield is do they move players around? Do they feel comfortable with one of these guys at that star position, Tennessee's nickel position, as Sean Schamberger is somebody that will play there. But when Tennessee is in nickel and dime packages, how do they move guys around? That's something to pay attention to as well. But I would project Nigel Warrior and probably Trayvon Flowers, a second-year player at safety, to be the starters. That will be something that continues to be worth looking at, though, as the season goes along, depending on how these guys play. So there are a couple of defensive positions, inside linebacker and safety, that I think are worth monitoring. Let's go over to the offensive side. At running back, Ty Chandler is Tennessee's starter, but he's not going to be carrying the ball 20 times a game. He's a guy that's going to need some help. Every running back needs help. So I don't think this is a competition for a starting position, but I do think it is for playing time and to figure out how that rotation will go. As Tim Jordan, Eric Gray, and Jeremy Banks all have some kind of claim to playing time. Banks' role in the offense, I think, is pretty obvious. He's a bigger back, a guy that can be physical in between the tackles. Tennessee coaches love the way that he will run the football and the aggressive nature that he plays with. Can he hang on to the football? That's the automatic question with Jeremy Banks every time his name is brought up. Tim Jordan is a guy that can break tackles. He can make plays. He showed that in the West Virginia game last year. Does he run where Tennessee's staff wants him to run? And then Eric Gray, he's a true freshman. Does he understand everything that's asked of him? Does he play consistently? That comes back to part of Jeremy Pruitt's talking points over the weekend. Looking for consistent play, can Eric Gray offer that? What we do believe he can offer is playmaking ability. He looks to be an electric guy out of the backfield. And at some point, I think there's a good chance it's day one, We'll see Eric Gray play some kind of role in the offense. And Chandler and Gray on the field at the same time, I think, could be an electrifying combination as both guys in the open field can make guys miss. They could line up Chandler in a slot position with Eric Gray in the backfield. There are a number of combinations that I think offense coordinator Jim Chaney can come up with with the different running backs that Tennessee has. And then there's the quarterback battle. Of course, that's not at the starting position. It's the backup quarterback position. For this one, I'll let Chris Winkie talk about it. Chris Winkie, when he met with the media, of course, was asked about 
the backup quarterback battle between redshirt freshman J.T. Shrout and Brian Maurer, the true freshman. Listen to what Chris Winkie said about those two players. So you got two young guys. You got a guy that was obviously spent the year with us last year, but now you have to approach this like it's two true freshmen coming in. It's a brand new system. And without getting any experience last year, you look at those guys as two young guys coming in trying to learn an offense. I think they're wired a little bit different. Okay, they come from two different offenses. Obviously, JT has a little more experience because he's been around here for a year. Um, Brian is, is, has got a very high ceiling, okay, um, but still has a lot to learn, like every other young quarterback. And I think what we've provided for them is an opportunity to compete. And as a quarterback, that's all you really want. So you know that you're challenged every day, and we're flip-flopping those guys every single day, getting the same amount of reps and letting those guys challenge how each are, other. How are they wired differently? Like how, how are themselves? Yeah, I think, you know, um, each and every guy is a little bit different. JT is going to try to analyze things a little bit more. Um, Brian Maurer is going to be a little bit more of a free spirit, and um, that's kind of what he's accustomed to in his background in terms of going out and playing some backyard football and making plays. Uh, probably can to make more off-schedule throws. If you understand that, hey, listen, it breaks down. He can, he can run around and make a bunch of plays. That's what he's accustomed to doing. Um, JT's more of a structured guy. Hey, want to analyze it, want to stay in the pocket. Um, so you're looking at those guys, and, and they're different that way and probably their approach as well. Tennessee quarterbacks coach Chris Winkie talking about the backup quarterbacks. There's potential there with Maurer. If I had to handicap it, I would make JT Shrout the favorite to be the backup, but this is a battle that I would think will play out as the season goes along and I do think there's some anticipation that both guys could play in the opener part of that depends on what kind of lead Tennessee is able to get against Georgia State do you have time to play both of those guys I think that would be ideal for Tennessee if Tennessee has a big enough lead to where in the second half there's time to play both backup quarterbacks that means you're getting a lot of guys in at different positions quarterback would probably get a lot of the attention there but that would benefit Tennessee throughout its roster it's just difficult to know right now because we haven't seen anything from either of these guys other than the quarterbacks throwing on air with uh, routes that the receivers are running early in practice that does not tell us nearly enough though about JT Shrout and Brian Maurer as the battle to be Jarrett Garantano's backup continues and as I mentioned that's a really important one so there are four position battles what did I miss Well, I don't need to spend too much time on this one. There continues to be a big battle up front on offense and on defense. With the offensive line, there have been combinations shuffled around. And then on the defensive line, there's the question, does Aubrey Solomon start for Tennessee? If he's eligible, he's a starter. If not, that opens up another position. You have a bunch of names to run through. Matthew Butler, Savion Williams, Darrell Middleton. And then Latrell Bumpus getting some attention. Greg Emerson, I think, has a good chance to be a starter. That's a rotation that will absolutely continue to be in play. But the big question continues to be, will Aubrey Solomon be eligible? And right now, with 11 days to go, it continues to be a question. Coming up next, a little more preseason attention for Jarrett Garantano. Right here on Locked On Vols, your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network which hosts Locked On Fantasy Football. It is fantasy draft time. I have a couple of drafts coming up this weekend. Vinny Iyer and Locked On Fantasy Football can help you. Vinny gives you the edge with more than 20 years covering fantasy football. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football. You can find it on your favorite podcast provider. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, 
And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So Jared Garantano's name was included on the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award watch list on Monday. And I kind of joke this time of year about the watch list season that we are in because pretty much everybody seems to pop up on some kind of watch list. But I do think it's worth noting that Garantano's on there. Also, it made me think of something funny that happened a year ago when there was that quarterback competition that was going on. And it became pretty clear in August, maybe before August, that Garantano was going to be the starter. Keller Chris's name popped up on the Johnny Unitas Award watch list, and Garantano's name did not. And a lot of people said, wait a minute, Garantano's going to be the starter, but Keller Chris is the one getting this attention. Well, the award goes to the top senior or fourth-year quarterback. Garantano is a redshirt junior, so he is a fourth-year quarterback. So it was kind of funny, a year ago, Garantano, as a third-year player, was not eligible for that award. Keller Christ, of course, was as a senior. So now Garantano gets a little bit of recognition. He's also clearly the guy. He is Tennessee starter. That quarterback battle I mentioned is for the number two job. It's definitely Garantano. And after the first scrimmage, Jeremy Pruitt did say that it was not Garantano's best day. But they kind of put him in a position where he wouldn't be at his best, is the way that it seemed. So Saturday, after Tennessee had its second scrimmage of the fall, Jeremy Pruitt was asked about Garantano's performance there, and he also talked about how Garantano has done during the month of August. This is Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt. You know, Jarrett's had, uh, he's been really consistent this this uh, camp. Um, you know, we started practice off a little different today, so, and, and, and last week it was third downs, today was coming out, and then uh, third downs in red area, so... Um, you know, to me, you're, you're looking for a guy to, to make the throws, right? So he, he uh, get the ball out of his hand, get the protection right, and he done a nice job doing that today. So that's Jeremy Pruitt talking about Jarrett Garantano. Overall, I think Tennessee's coaching staff is really happy with the way that Garantano has performed in August, the way that the offseason has gone for him. It's not a coincidence that Jeremy Pruitt has been willing to overall praise Garantano, which he wasn't willing to do a year ago. And... For Pruitt to talk about Garantano clearly being the starter, and he's a leader of Tennessee's football team, Jeremy Pruitt would not offer that up publicly if he didn't really believe it. So I, I think the offseason that Jared Garantano has has pleased Jeremy Pruitt. It's pleased Jim Chaney. Same with Chris Winkie as well, who, when he met with the media, talked about what difference he's seen from Garantano now versus a year ago. And uh, last year, Chris Winkie was coaching running backs, not quarterbacks, but he was on the staff. He was around Jared Garantano. Listen to what Chris Winkie said when he talked about the difference we've seen in Garantano and his development. I think you'll see a more vocal guy. Um, he is very cerebral, uh, smart guy, can understand a lot of different things, uh, can compartmentalize when he needs to. But he's a functional thinker, and I think what happens sometimes at the quarterback position, because you have so many responsibilities and there's so many variables within the offense, sometimes you get caught okay, in your own little box. And I think he's expanded his vision. He's expanded his vocal leadership. Uh, you see him encouraging guys. You see him communicating better. And there's a, there's a huge, huge emphasis on verbal and nonverbal communication, and I think he's done a great job of that. So the communication part, I think, would then come back to Garantano potentially having more say, more control in what Tennessee's able to do. 
And perhaps Garantano can help Tennessee's offense with protections, which would ultimately help himself, protect himself. Now, there's only so much he can do. If an offensive lineman gets beaten and a defensive player gets into the backfield and hits Garantano, that's likely not going to be on Garantano. There were some things that Garantano could have done to help himself in the offense and the offensive line last year, but he can't block for them. That's going to be up to the offensive line. See, it keeps coming back to that position group. But with Garantano, I saw this note from David Ubbin in The Athletic. In 2017, Garantano ranked 100th nationally in percentage of passes under 20 yards that were on target. That was according to Sports Info Solutions. So 100th nationally, that's not very good. Last season, he was 12th in the same stat. There are other stats there in David's piece, if you want to check it out, that show an improvement in Garantano's accuracy. Now, can Tennessee put him in a position where he's attempting more passes, where it's easier to get the ball to the receiver, where the receivers have a better chance to make plays? I think that's something that Tennessee's coaching staff, that Jim Chaney, will be working on as well. But overall, I'll just say it again, there is a lot of confidence within the building at Tennessee in what Jarrett Garantano will be able to do this year. And as there is less confidence in the backup quarterback, and that's not necessarily their fault, remember how inexperienced they are, that just stresses the importance of making sure that Garantano is good to go all season long. That's a part of the challenge in trying to project what Tennessee season will be and trying to predict a record. You never know about injuries, but Tennessee fans have gotten more used to seeing a backup quarterback than a lot of other schools' fan bases have over the last few years. So you're going to hear it just over and over again. Tennessee has to protect Jarrett Garantano. But when Jim Chaney talks about Garantano, Chris Winkie, Tennessee's head coach, they're all talking about the increased leadership, the communication from Garantano, and then also there's just the physical aspect, the work that he's put in on his mechanics, the improvement that we've seen in his ability to be accurately, consistently. When Jeremy Pruitt talks about looking for consistency from his players, I don't think he's worried about Jarrett Garantano. And a year ago, he probably was. And a year ago, Jarrett Garantano wasn't as good as he is now. You'll see a better quarterback out there on the field. How good can he be? Well, we're just a few weeks away from finding out. But uh, Jarrett Garantano around the SEC, I think, is a guy that a lot of people are curious to see what he will do. This is a year going in where Tua Tungavailoa is considered the number one quarterback in the league. I don't think too many people argue that. Most people are going to say Jake Fromm at Georgia is the number two guy. Joe Burrow seems to getting to be getting the most attention for that number three spot, but it's definitely up for grabs, and a lot of quarterbacks are being talked about. Garantano's one of them, Kelly Bryant at Missouri, Jake Bentley at South Carolina, Kellen Mond at Texas A&M. A lot of people think he might be the number three quarterback in the league. Felipe Franks at Florida. And then does somebody else emerge? What does Tommy Stevens do at Mississippi State? What do they get out of that quarterback position at Auburn Quarterback play in the SEC is, I think, going to be a lot of fun to watch. And Jerry Garantano is on that watch list of, let's see what these guys can do this upcoming season. Coming up in the final segment of Locked on Vols, I will look at the AP Top 25 that came out on Monday. I'll tell you about Tennessee's opponents and a recruits announcement coming up on Tuesday to tell you about as well. That's coming up right here on Locked on Vols, your team every day, as it's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And I mentioned Locked on Fantasy Football earlier in the show. If you're just focused on what's going on with the NFL itself, 
you want to check out the new Locked On NFL. It's on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows. With the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson, it's hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. The Associated Press Top 25 was released on Monday, and Clemson is the number one team in the country. The top five is Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Tennessee will play the number two and number three teams in the country, as well as the number eight team. That's where Florida comes in. The top 10 in the AP Top 25 is actually the same as the coaches' top 10. Those are the only three teams in the Top 25 that Tennessee will see on its schedule in terms of the preseason Top 25. Obviously, this poll is subject to change week in, week out. But there are several Tennessee opponents that are on the radar, just not inside the Top 25. Missouri is 26th when you look at the votes that were counted up. Missouri is 26th. Mississippi State is 28th. And then South Carolina comes in at number 35, according to the votes. So Tennessee would play three of the top eight teams in the preseason top 25, and then six of the top 35. So it's a schedule that has three pretty obvious tough opponents, especially with Florida being on the road. And then with Georgia and Alabama, it doesn't really matter where you play them. It's going to be a really difficult game. For the record, Tennessee has Georgia at home, Alabama on the road. But then when you look at those swing games, Missouri is on the road for Tennessee in the next to last weekend of the season. Tennessee will get Mississippi State and South Carolina at home. So that's something that could potentially help Tennessee, although Mississippi State is off the week before it comes to Knoxville to play Tennessee. So that part could be a bit of a wash. South Carolina has Florida and Georgia leading up to the Tennessee game. Tennessee has Georgia, Mississippi State, Alabama before the South Carolina game. That's really not going to be an easy spot for either team. So Tennessee being at home could be a slight advantage there. Now, I saw Bill Conley note that the AP Top 25 is lower on Missouri and Mississippi State than his rankings. His rankings, which are put out through ESPN, have Mississippi State at number 10 and Missouri at number 16. So those are two teams just outside the AP Top 25 but they are both inside the S&P Plus top 20, Mississippi State being the number 10 team. So there's a pretty big difference. The AP has Mississippi State number 28, uh, the AP voters, I should say, and then the S&P Plus has Mississippi State number 10. There's an 18-spot difference between those two teams. How Mississippi State and Missouri play this year and what Tennessee is able to do against those two teams will play a big role and what ends up happening with Tennessee's season. I've talked about those swing games. There are several. Kentucky is not an easy game for Tennessee, and you're finding differing opinions there. My buddy Tyler Wyatt, who is a professional sports handicapper, he actually would have Kentucky as a favorite against Tennessee. The S&P Plus projects Tennessee as about a point-and-a-half favorite against Kentucky. So either way, that game is also considered a bit of a toss-up game. Tennessee's schedule is far from easy, 
but it is manageable, I would say. You have those three really tough games, and then a bunch of games that Tennessee can win. Also a bunch of games that Tennessee can lose. Tennessee could lose to BYU, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, or Vanderbilt. All of those are losable games, but all of those games are winnable. So if Tennessee comes out on the plus side in those games, then Tennessee season can be a plus as well. There's a long way to go, obviously, and there's a lot that will change between now and when Tennessee faces Mississippi State later in the season. That game is going to be on October 12th, so about the halfway point of the season for Tennessee. And then, as I mentioned, Missouri's late in the year. South Carolina will take place as Tennessee is starting to move into the bottom third of the schedule. Also on the schedule for Tennessee, the Vols will be back on the practice field on Tuesday. Some of it should be open to the media. Tennessee decided to close all of Monday's practice, which was a lighter practice, according to the release from UT. So Tennessee was off Sunday, had a lighter practice on Monday, and we'll get back to work today. And Jeremy Pruitt is scheduled to meet with the media after practice on Tuesday evening. So pay attention there. I'll have some comments from Jeremy Pruitt on tomorrow's show. I'm going to look at another uh, ranking that's out there, a national ranking that includes Tennessee as it looks at all 130 teams. It at least kind of gives you an idea of what people are saying or waiting to see on Tennessee's football team. That's coming up tomorrow. Also worth paying attention to today, Trayvon Ribka will make his announcement. He's a defensive lineman from Dixon County High School in Tennessee. It looks like Tennessee is trying to pull off an upset here. It's between Tennessee and Kentucky. And I did see on Monday that Ryan Callahan and Grant Ramey from Go Vols 247, as well as Steve Wiltfong from 247 Sports, all logged predictions that were in Kentucky's favor. And those guys are pretty sharp. They have a good idea what they're talking about. So it would be an upset for Tennessee, it looks like, if the Vols land Ribka. He is an important player at an important position of need. Tennessee needs to land more defensive linemen. That's really important for the Vols. So Trayvon Ribka today and then tomorrow will be the announcement of defensive back Mordecai McDaniel from Washington, D.C. I'll offer up a reminder on tomorrow's show as well. Tennessee did land B.J. Ojolari last week, and that uh, moved Tennessee up in the recruiting rankings. A lot of work to be done, and landing big guys up front will continue to be a focus for Tennessee's coaching staff. So coming up tomorrow, we'll be 10 days away from Tennessee kicking off the season against Georgia State. The watch continues with Aubrey Solomon, and I did mention earlier, we don't know. At some point, Tennessee really does need to know. A few weeks ago, I think I was pointing out it doesn't really matter because Tennessee's going through practice and Aubrey Solomon is practicing like normal, but as Tennessee is moving into game week mode, and it's trying to split up reps with its first team and its second team. Tennessee needs to know if Aubrey Solomon's going to be available as a starter or not. And I would also imagine at this point, Aubrey Solomon is ready to find out what his status is. He's going to be ready to go if he's cleared. But it has to provide some kind of stress level to be wondering and waiting if he will be able to play. So I know it's frustrating for Tennessee fans. I can promise you it's as frustrating or even more so for Tennessee and for Aubrey Solomon. So uh, it can come at any time. By the time you hear me saying this, depending on when you're listening to the show, word might have already come out. But the watch continues 
with Aubrey Solomon and the NCAA's decision whether he can play right away as a transfer from Michigan. Thank you for being here on today's show. Rate and review the show if you do have time and you haven't done so on iTunes. That's a big help. Thanks to everybody who has. Spread the word to other Tennessee fans about the Daily Tennessee Podcast here five days a week covering what's going on with UT. It's Locked on Vols. My name's Josh Ward, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.